about what Lance Day thinks about him. I assume that he's somewhere in, in either a high-end condo in Manhattan. Maybe maybe he has a huge estate in Connecticut or Queens or Paramus, New Jersey. That said, KD is known to, to lurk in the comment section of various news outlets and social media outlets. So maybe he does care. Maybe he's listening right now because he is. I am on WOL in D.C., and he is from he is from PG County in DC. So Kevin Durant may be on the beltway sitting in bumper to bumper traffic listening to this show. But if you're listening, KD, I owe you an apology. Because I spent many times in barbershops and with friends and on my chats and on this show. And hanging around, driving around Phoenix with Rampage. And whatever social events that I had where sports were discussed. Talking about how KD was basically a rat for going to Golden State. Gravy training, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson's greatness. To get elusive titles that he was unable to procure in Oklahoma City. Have any of you guys seen Russell Westbrook play for the Lakers? Have you seen this bleep show of Russell Westbrook? Now, I was worried and I said, I said that if, if AD stayed healthy and LeBron stayed healthy, that the Lakers would probably still be able to overcome Russell Westbrook and they'd be able to win a championship in spite of, not because. That said, I went into the season thinking that the odds of LeBron staying healthy and the odds of of AD staying healthy were relatively slim. So I had to, I said the Lakers would win the championship with a caveat. If it's like NBA 2K and I can turn the injury sliding bar down to zero, Lakers win. But you know that AD ain't built for 80 games, and I actually think that AD is on the decline. AD even said when he signed that extension that I don't want to wait because my body might not allow me to wait. So I had to get that guap now. I knew LeBron was going to have some injuries. I didn't think that he'd be having any soft tissue injuries early in the year, and that that scares me. Um, and and there's no there's no... There's no shame in in having injuries and and slowing down. The truth of the matter is when LeBron is healthy, he's one of the best three players in the NBA. But to expect LeBron James to play 80 game seasons at his age with all all of those miles on those tires 
not only the regular seasons, not only did he come out in high school, but this guy's played in the finals with 10 finals. He's played on Olympic teams. He's doing Space Jam. This guy has a lot of miles, even more miles than a typical person has played in the league as long as he's played in the league. Same thing happened to Kobe. And I'm fearful. I'm not saying this to be crass. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to speak into existence. I'm fearful that the ACL or Achilles injury is coming. And once you get to 37, you blow your ACL, you blow your Achilles, your career's over. So I think that when they brought Brody in, they brought Brody in knowing that LeBron wasn't going to be able to play as many minutes. I didn't know if they were going to let Brody be the person that just chucked up threes or they're going to let Brody run the point guard and move LeBron off the ball and make him a spot-up three-point shooter. LeBron is not a great three-point shooter. You know, the LeBron, the LeBron honks, they always, they always deem it, well, let's say, you know, LeBron's better than Jordan. He's hit so many more threes than Jordan. LeBron's like a 32% three-point shooter. That's not stellar. He ain't Reg Miller or Ray Allen now. He's just taking so many threes that he's high up on the three list. If Jordan played in an era where people were shooting eight threes a game, then Jordan would, would be a top five three-point, top five um, player in three-pointers made in his career. And LeBron has compiled a lot of stats. He's been fantastic. He's the brand ambassador. He's facing the NBA since he stepped into the league. Even, even out-dueling Kobe Bean Bryant. It's been LeBron's NBA for, for 15 years. And LeBron, if you, if you read in the Bible, if you're a Bible aficionado like myself, it always says, and, and Methuselah got older and was filled with days. And then, and then Jared and Japheth and, and all of these, these people, Noah, they, they got old and filled with days at 650 years or X, X score years. And, and, then, and then they, and then they uh, matriculated. And LeBron's career is matriculating. His days of, of being dominant and being great and being able to carry a team through a season are, are over. And likely his days of being able to do that through the playoffs are over. There's no shame in that. He's been greater longer than anyone who's ever played the game, Michael Jordan included. But back to my apology to KD. If you've seen, while well, LeBron's been out a few games, if you've seen this, this circus, this bleep show with Russell Westbrook, and I know we're not on in North Jersey. Yo, shout, out, shout out to all of my, my, my great hip-hop artists that listen on the podcast. From Brick City. And I lived in New Jersey as a kid, so I know I'm very familiar with Brick City. Russell Westbrook should have been from Brick City. He should have been the third member of Red Man and Method Man. He should have been in Naughty by Nature, standing in between Tretch and Vinny. He should have been in Lords of the Underground with Mr. Funky Man and Do It All. He should have been DJing for Apache. He should have been on the wheels of steel for Queen Latifah and Moni Love because, because nothing embodies the concept of Brick City more than, than Russ Westbrook. And the other night, I was watching a game the other night with Russell Westbrook. I, was, I try to watch as many Lakers games as I can. It's very interesting. I was watching the game at Portland, 
Russell Westbrook in 30 minutes had eight points of one of 13 shooting. Every time Russell Westbrook takes a three, I actually cringe. And if I was a coach, I'd probably lose 30 seconds off of my life. His shot selection and passes, he gets, he's a triple-double machine in many ways because he pushes his own teammates out of out of the way to get to get stats. But he may be the best bad basketball player in the history of the game. <clears throat> you know, I talk about the Pantheon of greatness all the time, especially when I got Rampage on there. I'm talking about hip-hop artists and stuff. Russell Westbrook might be, he might be in the, in the, in the woat, the worst of all time territory. He's not, not the goat, but the woat. Or, or goat as in goat of game. And I know that he has all the great stats. People are enamored with his stats. And they think because he has the stats, he's averaged a, a triple-double over the last five years, that he's great. But just watch him play. Watch watch the way he sucks the life out of the room. And now I understand KD couldn't get far away from Russell Westbrook quickly enough. You want to talk about KD ran screaming away from OKC. Not, I always thought it was because it was Oklahoma City, because Oklahoma City is really a team that shouldn't have an NBA team, like Memphis shouldn't have an NBA team, like Milwaukee shouldn't have an NBA team, like Sacramento shouldn't have an NBA team. I thought it was that. I thought it was because OKC is an outpost. And only like 100,000 people living in OKC. So you have to get the entire city to come to the game to fill the gym. But he didn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. And James Harden didn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. Couldn't get out there fast enough. Nobody that's great seems to want to play with Russell Westbrook. So he went to D.C., which is a terrible team. No offense, WOL listeners, I'm a Bullets fan. been a Bullets fan my whole life. Back to the Rick Mahorn, Bernard King days. But it seems like everyone who gets stuck with this guy, I'm not saying that he's a bad person. I'm not saying that he's a bad teammate. I'm not saying any of those things. I don't want to besmirch his reputation. But it's very interesting that people can't get away from him fast enough. Regardless of his stats, regardless of his fashion status and the fact that he's a very popular person, a polarizing person, all of that stuff. Nobody wants to play with him. And I guess LeBron in his infinite wisdom said, hey, you know, you Carmelo, man, you can come and banana boat it with me. I can If I can get one more chip and, and take you bums... You one-dimensional offensive players that are that are bums on the other side of the ball, that are selfish basketball players. If I can take you to the mountaintop, that will get me to GOAT status. I think it's becoming very clear. You can't win a you can't win a championship with Russell Westbrook. Not starting. Maybe you bring him off the bench. But you cannot win a title with Russell Westbrook playing 35 minutes a game running the point. It will not happen. So as a person that is an early adapter, I was, I was talking to one of my friends this weekend. I was saying, hey, you know, I'm an early adapter. When, when I like something, I'm thumbs up. When I feel th- something is great, I'm all in. When I know this person is cool, hey, we're friends. Let's move forward. If it's a business partner, let's move forward. I said the Lakers were a contender to win the championship. 
and I'm not doubling down on that, I don't know who's going to win the championship. I, I, if I had to, if someone put a gun in my head, I would say Milwaukee is going to repeat because I think Giannis is the best player that that can be trusted. I don't think he's a better player than KD, but KD has that circus with Kyrie and and James Harden and all this foolishness. Giannis is a defending champion. LeBron declining. Giannis is stepping up into to being, if Katie's the best player in the world, Giannis is probably the second best player in the world. Kawhi's still hurt. I wouldn't sleep on Golden State, but I need to see what happens when Clay comes back. And I need to see what happens when Golden State starts to play some of the tougher competition, but I love the way that they started the season. But I have to, I have to move the Lakers off the championship line. I'm saying that there's no way. It doesn't matter if LeBron comes back and he's healthy, which, which I don't think is going to happen. It doesn't matter. If AD comes back and he's healthy, if 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 Russell Westbrook is playing thirty to thirty five minutes a game, the Lakers have absolutely unequivocally no chance to win the NBA title because he is poison. And I don't mean like BBD, where it's the beautiful woman that that gets you in your own feelings. It's just poison. You can't win with the way that he plays ball. You can't, you can't win. We've all, all of us that play ball, you go to the gym, you're playing with a guy that takes all the shots, takes bad shots. All he cares about is the stats. He doesn't care if you're playing to 11. He wants to get six out of 11 points so he can feel good about himself. He doesn't care if you win or lose. That's Russell Westbrook. He just doesn't, his, his game isn't conducive to winning, and it's, and it's brutal to watch. It's ugly. Watching him miss threes, I don't know why he ever shoots a three. He's a 26% three-point shooter this season. I could shoot 26% from three. He's only shooting 63% from the free throw line. You're watching a player who was never all that great to begin with that's in sharp decline, and Frank Vogel, instead of diminishing his minutes, He's like, uh, I'm going to turn the keys over to, to the Porsche to you and see what you can do. And, and I'm, I'm just saying, man, that, that roster and Russell Westbrook, that's an implosion waiting to happen. It's not going to work. I, I just see I, – I already see early in the season. We're only 10 games in, but I, I can already see that this is not going to work. And that's not a movable contract. They're stuck with him. And Russell Westbrook is great for clicks. It's great for attention. ESPN 17 out in LA, they're going to write a lot of articles and do a lot of bits about him, but that's bad basketball. And in many ways, Russell Westbrook has been playing a lot of bad basketball the last four or five years. We've ignored it because the triple-double stat is like the Loch Ness Monster, the Yeti. It's an ESPN manufactured story to imply greatness when it does not necessarily foster a culture of winning. Paragon 7 Studios. I ain't snitching on nobody from Harlem, man. I give you a couple cats down in D.C. doing their thing, out of town doing their thing, but um, I'm not snitching on nobody in Harlem because when I come home, I'm still going to be the king. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to the Lance J Radio Network weekdays at 7 p.m. on Urban One's flagship 1450 WOL in Washington, D.C., and presented by our partners at Episource, the industry leader in healthcare analytics and Medicare Advantage quality products. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. 
Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. leader and then it goes on to talk about what you should say instead now forbes bloomberg harvard business review a lot of these different publications they throw out nuggets of wisdom and and i throw out nuggets of wisdom i i like to think that i'm just as good as some of these people with the nuggets of wisdom on how to manage boardrooms and how to manage people there are individuals that may have worked for me that they would say that that's an absolute load of horse bleep. I used to work for Lance J. He was a complete toolbox and I couldn't stand being in his presence. And when he packed up his ish and rather he moved back to the East Coast or to the West Coast, depending, because I'm always crisscrossing the country. I got in my office and I closed the door and I and I cracked open a bottle of Chardonnay and partied like it was 1999. But I digress. Back to the article. So these are the seven phrases that that Forbes magazine or Forbes.com says the business leader shouldn't should not use in meetings or or with their direct reports, one on ones, things like that. The first one is underperforming. The second one is you. The third is I'll find someone else. The fourth is can't. The fifth is interesting which I find interesting. The sixth is disappointed. And the seventh is no problem. Now, Isaac and I talk about microaggressions on the show all the time. And these are, these are not good words. I'm not usually a person that, that looks in the mirror and gets, and gets his power from, from articles. I had, a, I had a boss one time that used to make us read all of these long books and stuff like that. And to me, I'm just like, man, either you got it or you don't got it, MFR. Don't try to Tony Robbins or Eric Thomas me into leadership, man. Either you got it and you can flaunt it or you don't. And if you don't, you don't have to be a dynamic person to be a good leader. If you don't, you just need a number two that's great. There's nothing wrong with being a president or being a CEO. And you're the person that's that's in your office and you're in the numbers and you're making sure the trains are running on time and you're personable. You have a great relationship with the mayor. You have a great relationship with the governor. You know, all the zoning board people, you know, all the people that matter. I talk about this on the show. This show, which is about to we're, we're about to move into some major deals 
in the next 60 days. We're going to have some huge announcements. It's going to be a different ball game. We're moving into a different space that we never thought would be possible. And that's that's because of you guys, the listeners, our great audiences, and our flagship WVOL in Nashville, and our partnership with Urban One out of D.C. on WOL, and our affiliates around the country. Your support of this show and this movement, especially the Health Cast, David Meyer, Isaac Palmer, Rise, all the people that have been a part of this movement have set us up to have a level of success that is beyond what I could have comprehended. If you had told me that I would have left an executive job at Blue Cross to do radio full time and that I would succeed more with radio and have more opportunities than I did as executive a few years ago, I would have said you're out of your, your, your bleeping mind. And that's because of listeners, not because of me. But this show, I'm never going to be the sexiest person out there. Now, we have the health care, which we do better than anyone in the country. We have the hip-hop, when Rampage is on, which we do great. We have sports, which we do a great job at. But when you're talking about if people should get colorectal screenings or mammographies or stuff like that, that's not sexy. I'm, I'm never going to throw this up on the gram and get... 100,000 clicks. I'm not going to be on TikTok getting millions of views on TikTok. None of this is going to go viral. But I've said this once. I've said this 100 times. Entertainment, especially sports, is 1% of gross, less than 1% of gross domestic product, which means that every dollar that's spent in the United States of America, sports is less than a cent. Less than a penny stock. Healthcare is almost 20% of GDP. So at the end of the day, who's going to win? The person that aspires to be the king of sports talk radio or the person that aspires to be the king of healthcare media? But the point of why I brought this up and why I wanted to have this discussion, Isaac has brought this up on the show. David brings it up all the time. I think that authenticity is actually more important than reading books or reading articles and saying that you should say X instead of Y. I think you have to be yourself. And sometimes yourself is a jerk. Sometimes yourself is aloof. Sometimes yourself is not all that awesome. And you have to have feedback from people that mentor you to say that, hey, you're really good at these great things, but you've got to get better at these other things. Emotional intelligence. And I more implore to kind of shift the conversation I see articles, especially for women, saying, hey, women shouldn't say these passive things in, in, in the boardroom because it doesn't make you look dominant. It doesn't make you look like a, like a lioness, a tigress. African-Americans should avoid these phrases because it makes you look not as intelligent. I mean, I've worked with, look, I have, I have, I have an MBA from one of the best schools in the country. I spent half the year in Seoul, South Korea, doing an MBA project. I've been in Europe. I've been in the Caribbean. I'm well-traveled. I come from a great family. I walk into a lot of boardrooms. People think that I'm subhuman, think think that I'm not as intelligent as I am, have no idea what investments I've made, how much money I've had, what I've done. They they think that I'm dumber than I am because I'm black. I'm not saying that that's everybody, but I know that everywhere I go, there's always going to be a cohort of people that think 
that I'm not as good as I am, that I'm not as smart as I am, that I'm not as successful as I am, or if I am, it's because of affirmative action, and that's because I'm black. So I've learned over the years, I don't try to acquiesce to people. I'm just myself. I use words like quixotic and trenchant and ubiquitous and panorama. That's my natural speaking voice. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna curtail that for anyone. I'm great with presentations. I, I'll get the tableau popping. I'll come back with the PowerPoint that's moving itself and, and it's just beautiful. Other people are not willing to stay up until four in the morning to do that. I am. It's my own branding and calling card. Some people are not gonna like it, some people are gonna like it, but I tell people be yourself. Don't obsess with what articles, whether it's Forbes or HBR or whomever, don't obsess with what people say you should be. You're going you're gonna to live and die on yourself. You're going to make some mistakes. You're going to do things that are off-putting at times. But ultimately, if you're, se- if you're yourself, you're not trying to emulate someone else, it's a lot easier to remember. And the goal is to grow your natural self and to improve upon your natural self. Your, your, your goal should not be to improve upon the persona of yourself. So be yourself. Make your mistakes. Say stuff in boardrooms that aren't that isn't great. Learn from it, get better, but don't don't get yourself into the habit of getting cue cards or index cards on what you should be from someone else, because then you're a puppet. And I know from experience and have worked with people like this, there is nothing, and I mean nothing, in the business world that's more depressing more demoralizing and someone that exudes that you should not respect them than a person who's a CEO or a C-suite or a high-ranking official who's an absolute puppet, has no say on anything, has no balls, is in a completely titular position and just takes their cues from either what they read in books from Tony Robbins or what the board of directors tells them what to do. Don't be a puppet. Be yourself. Make your mistakes. Learn from them and grow. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When I'm not doing the health cast, I consult for many startups and ACOs who are new to the healthcare business. Episource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with an experienced risk adjustment team that cares about results and building partnerships. With the largest health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, Episource aims to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration. James Lewis. I love guns, just for the record. I'm all over the the map today. I I love guns. One thing about me, a lot of people don't know. Um, If you see me in Nashville, there is a 99.9% chance that I'm armed. Because in, in Nashville, 
and in Tennessee, you can you can carry conceal. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. I always got the toast on me. I'm not a thug. I live in a gated community. I'm not trying to be a tough guy, but I but I always have a gun on me. I always have a burner on me all the time because it's legal. It's my right as an American to got the, to to have the strap. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It feels so good to be cared for. Back up now, just a little more. The feeling someone's always there, just to show how much they care. The feeling you're not alone. Now she's a part of your home, with so much to protect each day. Caring goes along. 